The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Music time. John Cadell and Dave Hanratty, the hosts of the No Encore podcast, are with us tonight. And uh, let's hear a little bit first from the new Bruce Springsteen album. This is the track, Do I Love You? Okay, this Dave only the strong survive is a covers album. What's it like? Um, it's there's, there's a review on the Guardian that I was reading earlier on that danced heavily around the word karaoke. They didn't want to say it, but I will um, because <laughs> that's kind of what it is. And like, to, like, let's be fair, Bruce Springsteen doing karaoke is a good time. It's a good night out. Uh, I would argue though this is kind of for completion is only. It's him taking a kind of a, a stab at the the R and B and soul classics of his youth. So you know you got the Commodores in there, Tyrone Davis, uh, Jimmy Ruffin. I mean, like, look, what becomes the Broken Heart is one of the greatest songs of all time. Hearing Bruce Springsteen sing it, of course, I'm into that, but. You're not really getting much new here. It is him just kind of... And is Bruce Springsteen too good to be doing karaoke? I mean, that's a hell of a question. I think he would probably say no, because he loves to put on a show, right? And like, he heard it there in the clip. I mean, it's kind of far from reinventing the wheel. And, you know, he's prolific. It's not like this means we're not getting a new Bruce Springsteen record of original material because he puts one of those out every couple of years. I think it's perfectly fine for Bruce Springsteen to kind of have a bit of fun at this age of his career. It's grand. What do you make of it, John Cadell? Yeah. No, I'm I'm disappointed because the thing about Bruce when he does covers is that he usually does something very interesting with them. Um, He's been down this road before with a song by Jimmy Cliff called Trapped, which uh, if you heard Springsteen's version, it was only ever recorded live in concert. And I think he he threw it away on the uh, USA for Africa album. But it is out there, I think, on the three the three disc essential Bruce Springsteen collection. And it's incredible he turns it into sort of a, a Springsteen-esque anthem. And that's what covers should do. They should make the song sound like the artist who is performing them. So he, he took Trapped and he made it an East Street Band song. And it's incredible. Anybody should go. It's probably on Spotify. Anybody should go out and listen to him do Jimmy Cliff's Trapped. And then we get this album, which is, as Dave said, it's just Springsteen's voice over very good representations of the original instrumentation. Um, even like a song like Night Shift, which is by the Commodores, great song. And Bruce did it. And at first hearing it, I was excited. But I wasn't excited because Bruce was singing. I was excited because it's a great song. He literally just put his voice over a very um, competent uh, copy of the backing track. And I don't want that from Springsteen. And it's fine, you know, yeah, he might come out with an album of original material next year, but we don't need this. It's his, his 21st studio album, but it's just like, it's an it's a nothing. It's just like you listen to it once or twice and you're not going to it's not going to be handprinted all over like Born to Run or like Born in the USA or Tunnel of Love or any of those albums. It's just, an, as Dave said, a nice thing for Bruce to do. But like, don't subject yourself to it because it's just <laughs> listen to Born to Run instead, because this is just it's throwaway, throwaway. 
And he could have done it so much better. He could have made these songs sound like Springsteen songs. Okay, let's move on to something else. Dermot Kennedy has a new album out this week called Sonder. Here's a track called Dreamer. I knew that you were for me when you started to smile. Time was slowing down, we could have been there a while. Told me you were mine, already knew I was yours. So, isn't that worth something? I can't promise easy days. And I can't keep the rain away. And got a song to sing without your loving. Isn't that worth something? I might show up a little late. I'll try to learn from my mistakes. Dave Hanratty, what do you make of this? Uh, Dermot. Um, I do like Dermot Kennedy, I will say. He's, he's an interesting character. Uh, he is a commercial giant. Uh, he's a huge seller in the Irish market and beyond. He's kind of managed to crack the international market quite a bit. I interviewed him a few years ago and I was very interested by his kind of presence. He's a very guarded fellow. He doesn't give much away about his private life. Uh, and he appears to be someone who wants to write very meaningful songs, but He's also kind of in this weird major label quadrangle that he finds himself in where he is increasingly writing songs that are very radio friendly, which is totally fine, of course, but don't seem to be what he told me he wanted to do. And I, I must uh, feel a sense of personal betrayal, of course, you know, having have, having had that chat with him. But uh, he's moving in a direction here, I think, that is quite Ed Sheeran-y at times. There's a track on this new record called Kiss Me that is, I mean, Lewis Capaldi might as well get the lawyers on the phone, you know. It's it, like it's it's that level of just, like, let's just do a Lewis Capaldi song. I think he's got a great voice. I think he's really good live. He's got an excellent band. But this album could very well be the definition of difficult second album syndrome. Yeah, I saw him, I think it was the other voices from Dingle, and he has a phenomenal voice. His performance was super permanent but are we reaching a stage whereby a lot of Irish male performers of that vintage are all starting to sound very alike and as if they're auditioning for a place on the X Factor it's a fair argument and I think that Dermot is beholden to an audience that expect a certain thing from him even when you go to those shows and again like his band are fantastic his drummer's amazing he's got a cannon in his throat as you said there yourself the fans want what they want and they want breakup songs and they want like kind of basic love songs I think he wants to do more but I think he's tied to a contract that probably means he can't John what do you think? I, I don't think it's as cut and dried as that. I think he wants massive success. I think it's he's always wanted massive success. Um, and he will do what it takes, uh, what he needs to do to get him there, whether that be getting the hot new producers for his songs, because undoubtedly the songs, uh, he, he is a very, very competent songwriter. If it means he has to get a certain production team behind a song in order to make it fit for radio, fit for America, he'll do it. So I think, you know, the main thing for Dermot Kennedy is that if, if he can write songs and have success with them, I think that's probably where he yeah, is. Yeah, but this the, the sister's today. texting and suggesting it's the same song with variations over and over again, and that's becoming boring. And that's not doing justice to what actually is an exceptionally strong voice. Well, that's not for them to decide. That's up for Derby Kennedy to decide what he wants to do with his voice. It's like, you know, people are giving out about what somebody else is doing with their talents. That doesn't really make sense. If he's doing what it is he wants to do or he's doing what he wants to do to get him to where he wants to be, well, then that's surely up to him. You know, no amount of record company pressure can can make you write a particular type of song. You can probably make a song sound a bit more commercial, 
But, you know, it's not as though anybody has a gun to his head making him write commercial music. Uh, not necessarily, but I think, like, you know, there are very few artists out there. Like, you know, you look at a Ben Howard who signed a record contract when he was younger and I guess he can do whatever he wants and he's moved away from commercial music and pleasing the crowds. You look at Arctic Monkeys who have turned into whatever they've turned into and some fans love it and some fans hate it. I'm not sure if Dermot is quite there yet. I I, I think that what, what he's doing is fine. Like, there's nothing quote-unquote wrong with it. And I would probably agree with the listener that he is kind of stretching into sameness territory. I'd like to hear him in a different kind of capacity. I don't know if we're going to get that because, as John, rightly points out he is hitting those markets and he is tailoring his sound to that and that's no bad thing I just think that there's more to him than what we're hearing Let's and, hear. and what also, also is No we have a time John sorry I have to get through lots oh. of other stuff and I want to play a little bit of one of the greatest tracks The Clash London Calling What? Okay, that clearly wasn't London Calling, John Cadell. Right, it was. It is one of the greatest songs ever written, so you were half right. Okay, tell us why we were playing it. Uh, because Keith Levine, who was one of the founding members of Public Image Limited, has died at the age of 65. Also, Clash watchers will know that he was in a very early incarnation of the band, uh, before even Topper Heaton joined. Um, but he would be best known, I think, for his contributions to uh, the first couple of Pill albums, which to this day are, are held up as basically post-punk invented. Like John Lydon, Keith Levine and Jaw Wobble invented post-punk because that's what Public Image Limited were. Um, and that's him guitaring all over that that, that's an incredible riff that he does all the way through their debut single, incidentally. That was their first single, Public Image. So, like, he has his, he has his handprint in, you know, the annals of rock and roll uh, forever because that itself is just such a rush and it, it just invented a new type of music. I'm sure Dave would agree. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, to pick up on that, I was really retaken really by a quote from John Frusciante from the Red Hot Peppers when he said that um, uh, that his style was spectacular and he explored the possibilities of what you can do with the guitar. And now, listen, whatever you think about the Chili Peppers in 2022 and the kind of roads they've gone down, I think there's no denying that John Frusciante is one of the great guitarists of all time. And for someone like that to kind of, like, be, you know, like, like standing on the shoulders of giants, essentially, it shows you what an, an artist like this means to, to people when they pass away. Like, we are in this kind of... It's been a weird week. I mean, like you think back to like Mimi Parker and Lowe passing away last week and it's a tough time for music fans uh, at the moment, I think, like in some respects, but it's always nice to see people kind of respect and put out the, the level of love and adulation that they have for these people and what they've meant to them as musicians as well. John, your pick of the week. You gave us Queen only a couple of weeks ago and you're doing another Queen track today. Explain. I am, because the, what I gave you a couple of weeks ago was a precursor to this release. So um, regular listeners will know that we played Face It Alone, which was a rediscovered Queen song. Basically, the guys could never get it right at the time, but they found a way to make it uh, sound commercially viable. Uh, Freddie's vocal, astonishing as ever, but it, it makes up one of the songs in this new deluxe edition of Queen's album, The Miracle. Now, the reason that I love this album, and it's not loved among Queen fans, I love it because it was the first album that they had released after I became a fan. So Special Place by Hartford. It also has I Want It All on it. It has Breakthrough on it. And on the deluxe edition itself, there are all sorts of 12-inch versions, 
demo versions. Uh, there's a, a Blu-ray with some documentaries on it. You know what I'm like, Matt. You know I'm a sucker for this sort of stuff. Well, let's Queen hear with- I Want It All. Listen up. Okay, your pick of the week, please, Dave. Uh, yeah, like now for something completely different. Uh, Fever Ray, uh, if people are aware of The Knife, a Swedish act from a while ago, unfortunately no longer with us. Karen Dreher, uh, this is their new, uh, side project, really, or I guess full-time project these days. A new album coming out called Radical Romantics in March. This song is called Carbon Dioxide. And I mean, like it's for some people like me, uh, pop music mastery that pushes the envelope. But for other people, maybe nails on a chalkboard. But I think it's good. Absolutely, definitely. And like wonderful avant-garde electronica of a Tuesday evening. That's Fever Ray. For anyone who's never heard them before, I would highly encourage you to check them out. How much praise is Dua Lipa due for refusing to perform at the World Cup opening ceremony? Uh, a fair amount. Rod Stewart as well. He said that uh, he turned down a million dollars, was it? Or a million British pounds to, to, to not perform. I think so. I mean, like we're in this weird, uh, we're days away, of course, from the World Cup. And like it's going to be a very problematic tournament for so many reasons. I think Robbie Williams is due to play. Did I read that correctly? Is he? I, it says he's set to perform. I'm not sure if he signed the contract, but I know a member of BTS is doing so. They will get people. Um, yeah, Dua Lipa was rumoured to be performing as part of the opening ceremony and she's put out a very strongly worded statement saying I have nothing to do with it I will not be there I'll be cheering on England from afar Rod Stewart said it's just not right so you're going to see a lot more of this I think and yeah I mean and in fairness Rod Stewart's a big football fan he would have liked to be in there I'd imagine yeah he loves it there's actually an amazing anecdote about that I think he built a full size football pitch outside of his house but he doesn't have enough people to play a full match I used to used to (laughs) when he was living in LA I think listen we got to finish there Dave Hanratty and John Cadell thank you both very much The Last Word with Matt Cooper weekdays from 4.30 Today FM